This episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorville on Sydney's Northern Beach, it's one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery? Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Round 5 of the Shoot Show was just as good as Round 4, which is pretty impressive because Round 4 was a, a mighty round of rugby. Uh, this week we saw an amazing result from the Western Sydney Two Blues beating University on their home patch first win against the students since 1998, if you can believe that. We also had the Marlins having a big win against Northern Suburbs and Eastwood absolutely giving it to the Rats. Uh, very interesting result at TG Milner. All that and more. Joining me on the podcast is Andrew Swain from Stan Sport. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. <laughs> Welcome to Shootcast, our round five review. Joining me on the line, my only co-host tonight is Andrew Swain. Swainy, how are you, mate? Good, Burjo. I tell you what, what a weekend we just witnessed. What's going on? Mate, the week before, I thought it was one of the more iconic rounds of Shoot Shield. This week's just become even more iconic. I just can't get my head around it. It's just, it's such a tight comp. Um, Some of the results are astonishing. Obviously, we saw Western Sydney formerly... Parramatta Two Blues. I have to throw that in there because that's the team that we've known for the last 25 years. Get their first win over the students uh, since 1998. It's just, it's preposterous. 1998. And, mate, they didn't just do it easy. Like they, Sorry, they didn't do it the hard way. Like They no? did it pretty easy in the end. They no, were, I agree. They were red hot. Yep. Mate, uh, Casho hasn't fessed up. I dare say... He's got the shits with me because the Marlins have beaten Norse at Manly Oval and I didn't have a beer with him after the game because they had <laughs> two children that drive me insane. So, uh, look, if you can't make it on next week, well, that just says it all for, uh, for Casho, but I'm sure he'll be back. No, he's been a bit preoccupied with uh, Wallaroos and a few other bits and pieces. I just gave him a buzz to see if he was jumping on and I think he was into his uh, fourth, fourth or fifth glass of red, so he's not joining us tonight, mate. <laughs> he's he's taking the uh, yeah he's taking a vow of silence after North Scott rolled at the Village Green, and uh, you know I will say that uh, there was some great vision of your your kind self uh, in the background when that last penalty was blown, mm. um, you know cheering and uh, making it quite a loud uh, a loud venue as well. So it was good to good to see, mate. Good to see. Yeah, I've got a problem, mate. I'm turning into a petulant child on the sideline, I have to say. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The emotion's getting the better of me. The the Marlins surprising starts caught me off guard and I'm really invested in this team. And a few people, you know, around me from Norse were sort of a uh, bit of argy-bargy again and then they worked out that I was uh, – uh, hosting the Shootcast podcast. There's a little bit of uh, back and forth, but look, we ended the game with handshakes and uh, we all had a cold beer, but that's what Shoot Shield footy's about, mate, a bit of banter. Mate, the club rugby in general, that's what it's all about. And mm. and if you can't have a beer afterwards, then um, what are we doing, you know? No, so exactly. That's what it's all about. Mate, talking club footy, but we'll just divert for a second. How unbelievable was the Super Rugby on the weekend? And I said, messaged you uh, after the Force game on Friday night that you only call classic matches. You called the All Blacks big loss against Argentina. Yeah. You've called the Force tight one on uh, Friday night. Yeah. And then 
you handed the reins for the Tars Crusaders, and the Tars have just had one of their watershed moments with Swaney on the mic. I'm being called the Kiwi Killer, mate. That's what the I'm Kiwi getting, Killer. That's what I'm getting called. That's what I'm getting um, called. It's um, mate. Uh, I've, I've called now um, two All Blacks losses and a Crusaders loss. And mate, Maloney better watch his back, mate. Well, I'm just saying, like, give me a Bledisloe because I'll bring it home. <laughs> mm, mm. Oh, look, let's talk quickly on that Tars uh, performance against the Crusaders. It was a, a special night for the Waratahs and oh, there's so much goodwill and positivity coming out around that franchise at the moment, mate. Yeah, and, and mate, I, like, I was as surprised as anyone because, you know, the, the time that it was played on Saturday afternoon, 5 o'clock on a Saturday Arvo, club rugby. It's a shocking time. It's a shocking time. Club rugby would have just yeah. finished, schoolboys rugby yep. um, just finishing up. But I've got to say, they streamed through the gates. For the first 20 minutes of the game, they just kept streaming through, mm. and the crowd was unbelievable. And, yep. and mate, they were they were vocal. There was a moment in the second half when, and I think I actually said it in commentary, uh, I think the Crusaders scored that try from the, the big reserve prop, and, um, and, and the crowd got to their feet as the Tars were walking back to halfway and started, like, urging their team on. And I haven't seen that in a Tars crowd, I don't think, ever. Was it the uh, New South Wales? New South Wales. Did that come back, mate? No, there wasn't any of that. It was just a, like, come on, boys. Like, there was a big, Mm. like, cheer around the ground. Like, come on, fellas, you can do this. Mm. And um, Mm. and I just, I haven't seen that for a long time. And um, You know what's happening, mate? All the... uh, Rugby fraternity in New South Wales are all getting ready to iron their linen shirts and shine their shoes for Paddington next year with a new SFS development <laughs> and, a, and a Waratahs team that's just on fire. We're yeah. all waiting for it. The Tars are cool again. And yeah. it's been a lot, no, it's, and it feels different this time. Like even when the Tars won in 2014 and those years are sort of never really that cool. But now DC's there. It's a club team. You, you can't knock them. They're all full of guys that we've seen through the club system. Um, Darren's building this great culture, obviously, within the team. Um, doesn't seem like there's an ego. There's a no dickhead Sydney Swans policy a bit coming through, yeah. I think. And I just think they're going to maybe, they keep the results coming, uh, which is the key part of the next part of it, right? You've had a big yeah. watershed moment. Maybe we've awoken the Kiwi beast because, you know, what the New Zealand Herald have been writing all week would just be absolute venom. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the, the response yeah. is coming. But, you know, what what, what the Tars are doing is is, is fantastic and, and it's showing that um, there's there's a bit of life left in that franchise, mate. Oh, a lot of life left. <laughs> I tell you what, like you hit the nail on the head when you said they're making rugby cool again. And, and you know what, like I watch um, – you know, you look at the crowd that rolls through the gate at Sydney Swans games and they're, you know, they want to consider themselves the cool crowd, right? Mm. I reckon that the Tars are starting to get a few of those back. And, yep. um, and you know Well, the what? Swans took them. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Mm. So it's it's great to see the few of them coming back to the Tars. And, um, you know, there's some cool guys that play rugby for the Tars now as well. You know, you've got you've got guys like Charlie Gamble who, you know, I don't know if you saw the vision of him walking into training on Friday <laughs> dressed yeah. dressed up, but like he's a cool guy. Yeah, I like <laughs> the uh the LA was well, the NBA entrance, what wasn't it? The yeah, DC the old NBA drip. 
part of yeah. his Giltini's uh, cultural influence, I suspect. But but just quickly on Charlie Gamble, mate, if you're in Foster, the All Blacks coach, <laughs> before he gets eligible for the Wallabies, are you having a little look at him at the moment? He's he's, he's come from the Canterbury Academy. That's he's right. He's obviously had a very interesting rugby journey through subbies and back into uh, eastern suburbs out of the Waratahs. But, you know, Hoops has come in and he's obviously had some – uh, what maternity leave, and he's you know he's he obviously resting his body for for the um, for the big season of Test footy ahead. But to be honest, he's probably not in the nick that Gamble's in at the moment. I'm sure Mike will get there. We know what the player he is, and obviously yeah. the playing well. But the way Gamble's playing at the moment, like Jesus, he can't be far off a call up. hundred percent. And you know he's he's shown against um, you know a pretty pretty formidable Crusaders back row that he mm-hmm. can match it with them. Um. Yeah. So, and and the Chiefs as well. Like he played. He was probably best on ground for the Tars against yep. the Chiefs as well. So, yep. I mean, he's a guy that is matching it with the world class. Uh, all you know, New Zealand back rowers. Um, I I couldn't agree more. But you know, the the other person that would be asking him to just cool his jets a bit would be Dave Rennie, I reckon, because. Um, he well, I was reading comes, up on this. He's not he's not eligible for Wallabies till twenty three early. I think that's right. Yeah, so early next year. So we just have to cool mm. our jets a bit. But yeah, you're right. Mm. Like if you're Ian Foster, you know, want to warehouse warehouse some blokes. You could. You could I mean, you know, it, it is. Well, I mean, jumping. If the All Blacks come calling, it's it's going to be hard. To, I mean, but he's but he'd be signed to the Tars. I don't know what his contract the Tars is, but yeah, uh, look, it's just it's just good to see. But he was good just, story. He was colossal. On the weekend, absolutely oh, enormous. Some of those turnovers he made in yep. crucial times, some of the tackles that he made at crucial times. Mm. You know, these were guys that they, you know, previously they they'd get bullied by these Kiwi teams. Yep, but they were standing up in the face of being bullied. Yeah, and, uh, it was it was really awesome to watch, and the crowd appreciated that. I think. Everyone has who has since watched any of that game has appreciated it. It's, it was awesome to watch. And the Brumbies followed suit on Sunday uh, with a really sort of strong performance against the Hurricanes. They sort of probably saw what happened uh, at Leichhardt Oval and decided to flex their muscles. That, to be fair, they're probably still the form Australian side. I know you're Reds diehard Swaney, but they look uh, probably a little fitter and uh, maybe the best place Australian team at the moment. Yeah, I, I just feel like their their game plan and their structure lends itself mm. to beating these Kiwi teams a little a little more consistently as well. Yeah, um, no. they they just they just look like a team that's got the confidence that they'll know that they can beat any team that they come up against on the day. Whereas mm. I still feel some of those other teams they might get a bit, you know, the occasion might get to them a bit. Um, yeah. Brumbies, that doesn't happen. They're no. business-like, and it's uh, it's yeah, yeah. It felt like like a lot of emotion in the Waratahs win, where the Brumbies was just a bit more, as you say, workman-like, business businessman-like. It was just we're just better. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. So, and you know what? That's the Rebels had a win against Moana as well. If the Force get home, you're talking mm. about four. Four wins out of six games, you know. The like force that. very nearly got home, as you know too well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. and it was, it's absolutely remarkable that they were in the game at that 79th minute. Like, I can't believe that they were still a chance of winning that game because the Blues were by far the better team. It's, But it's, yeah, they, they kind of just, they bring you to their level, the Western force. 
Yeah, they um, do. <laughs> yeah, they they did that with a really good Blues team as well. Um, quite a yeah, an unbelievable weekend of rugby from top to bottom. Yeah, no, looking forward to more of it. Obviously, after such a positive start, um, hopefully that'll re-engage a lot of fans that are keen to see how we fare this weekend because some more tough tough games coming up. But, um, yeah, really exciting times for Super Rugby, which is really, really refreshing. Now, Swaney, this Shoot Shield, mate, it's, um, it's as tight as a nut. It's as tight a comp as we've seen for many, many years. Um, every team's dropped a game. Um, there's really not a lot between... <laughs> First place all the way down to sort of uh, 12th. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we're saying Norse just looked too good, universities rumbling. Now we're starting to talk Manly, Eastwood, um, and even, dare I say it, the two Blues, looking like three of the form teams now. It seems to be a fortnightly change at the moment. Yeah. Oh, it's great, isn't it? I mean... Two weeks ago, Norse were flying high on top with you yep. know, Gordon and Uni, and, and now yep. it's Eastwood and Manly who've rocketed to the top. Um, mm. You know, even Souths on the weekend, like Souths, they're sitting they're sitting way down the bottom of this table, but yep. looked like they could beat anyone on the weekend, and, and they did so. They beat Eastern Suburb quite comfortably, so it was um, yeah, an unbelievable, unbelievable weekend. Um, you know, the Woody's putting 45 on the rats and stepping yeah. them to zero. Like, that was – I thought that was, was remarkable. Strange. I thought yeah. that was strange. Remarkable and strange. Yeah, lots of results to, to talk about. Why don't we start? We, we can't ignore this result. Western Sydney 27, Sydney University 19 at the birthplace. Uh, first win against the students or at uni. I don't know if it's the first win against the students since 1998. Um, yeah, just amazing. But as you say, you know, uni just sort of sort of did what they did. They got an early injury um, to their fly half, uh, which probably summed up uni's day. I don't want to take anything away from Western Sydney, but university had a bit of a, a bit of a topsy turvy day, and a few things sort of didn't go their way for an early injury. Um, there and then, you know, obviously, but they did welcome back. You know, Henry Robinson was back at nine. Um, mm. Their scrum and more was still really strong, which is their pillar, which yeah. the two blues had to, to overcome. But I thought the two blues controlled territory really well. Um, you know, just kept putting the ball in the, in, in the right spots. Mate, that Rokosuka is just causing havoc everywhere. Oh. I don't know if you see that, that one of those runs that he took, but um, yeah, it was, um, it was a game that sort of Western City sort of. They were sort of out in front for most of the game. Uni sort of rallied, uh, but but Western City just kept that try buffer, and then the end up by ten. And um, what an amazing, amazing victory! It felt similar to that Tars Crusaders game a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, like, it, did. it, it felt in, in that kind of respect. They got there, they got out to a lead. The, the Western Sydney two blues, like the Tars did, and then they just they just maintained a, a certain level for for that for that 80 minutes and um you know uni couldn't run them down you're right rockasuka like that yeah. run that we've seen all over social media yeah uh, where he left two uni players as absolute dust on the ground mm. um was yeah that's uh, he's he's been doing that weekly as well mm. um uh, alex Debeck, the, the captain Debeck, yep he's he's playing the house down at the moment we spoke to him on clubland this week and um, 
you know, you couldn't take the smile off his face. Like he was just grinning from ear to ear the whole time. Mm. Um, you know, what a what a what a absolute champion effort. So uh yeah, I like I did ask them where where's this come from? And he he's he sort of he found it hard to to answer that question because um, you know, I, I spoke to Christian Burden, their general manager, the other night, and he was saying that, you know, they they'd been planning for this this sort of these sorts of performances, uh, he and Silosi, the mm. coach, for since the preseason. But mm. um they didn't really expect it to come to fruition against Gordon and Uni. <laughs> that was the well, I think the, I think they probably um, were a bit underwhelmed with how they started the season, um, but you know, obviously they've been the story that's been waiting to sort of pop this year with everything that's happened with the, the stadium rebuild, and you know, but they've come from sort of it's a bit like you know, a bit like the DC Gordon story, come from cellar dwellers to sort of back to prominence really quickly, but. You know, there's a lot going on, to be honest. They've got the new rebuild. They've, they've got a coach that's been recruiting since early last year. I was reading Solosi on Rugby News saying how quickly they got started uh, to planning for this season. They have signed a couple of quality players. So that that, that needs to be said. I think the squad has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the fly half, Tom Curtis, they picked up from the UK. Really steady hand, Swainy, like really guiding the team around well. Yeah, you saw that try that he scored, the first mm-hmm. one. Very nifty. Just a lovely bit of deception. Um, mm. And, you know, having someone with that kind of creativity, they haven't had that, have they? No. Um, no they haven't, haven't had that for years. So to to have some creativity in the squad, um, you know, they're well coached, well drilled. They've got some great recruits. It's all just adding up and it's added up to win over the, the, the defending premiers and the most dominant team of the last decade. Yeah, Uni's season's been quite an odd one, you know. They sort of lost to Rats early, then rebounded against Ramwick. Uh, they smashed Wes um, and the Wildfires, but now they've sort of just felt the wrath of the two Blues. So, they, you know, I, I don't think they'll be too disheartened. I'm sure they'll just go back to what they do best and um, look to rebound uh, pretty quickly, hey? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's one of those ones that you've kind of, like, I don't know what, what Sean Hedger and the uni guys are sort of feeling right now after that, mm. but you, there's not a lot you can do but tip your hat and say, well played, guys, Yeah, and then, and then get back on the horse next week because um, yeah. you, you, know, you can't take anything away from the two blues in that situation. No, like, no you can't. Did was, you see the uh, line-out move that sealed the game to the hooker on the short side? Yes, yeah. Do, do you reckon I a try? Think, do you reckon a try? Oh, look. There's so much sideline involved in that try. Like he ends up outside the field. The ref, the touchy falls ass over tip and can't can't see what's going on. I've t- shared it with a couple of blokes on social media, a couple of uni guys. And he goes, you know what? I reckon he scored. A couple of guys reckons he didn't. Um, certainly Simon Kennywell didn't think he did, but um, unfortunately, t- oh, look, who am I to judge? Last week I said that uh, Ramick had given a forward pass. Little did I know that uh, Teddy Wilson actually pried the ball out of the try scorer's hands on the line. I didn't even see the vision. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not one to judge any comment. The, the touch in the referee made the decision, but um, look, who cares? Um, that's all... Uh, in the fish paper wrapping, mate. But uh, what sure a is. what a huge day for for Western Sydney. Yeah, um, you've got to tip your hat to them. 
you do, you do. Awesome result, and they've just got to stay grounded now because they're in unfamiliar territory, let's be honest. Totally, totally. Yeah, nice. um, yeah, yeah, and I hope they can pick up a few more wins this season. I hope this isn't the a little flash in the pan. Um, well, that's it, you know, you've beaten Gordon, beaten Uni, I mean... Uh, I mean they've the, got the, Souths this week, right, who are very beatable, game. as we've seen. Yeah. We've yeah. very beatable. Yeah. So, um, you know... That, so, Loss is going to have to worry about, you know, they're all going to think, you know, the, the Chicago Bulls all of a sudden. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. When you win two games on the trot after against teams outside of the bottom three for the first time in, God, 10 years, <laughs> you're... Uh, your confidence could go sky high pretty quickly, so I'm sure Solos is all across that. Big time, big time. He's he's yeah. a smart enough bloke to know that, yeah, that exactly. they can they should be able to sort that. Very experienced. Um, Hunter Wildfires had a win which they would have been banking on against Western uh, West Harbour, twenty eight to eight. Um, on the losing side, Carlo Tizano is just everywhere. Scored an awesome try. Uh, he's just one of those players that. With the depth of talent in the loose four at the Waratahs, he's probably going to see a lot of shoot shield footy, Swanee, but he's just dominant at this level. Oh, big time, big time! And you know, good good luck to him. Like, I, it, yeah. you know, when you've got Charlie Gamble and Michael Hooper ahead of you at the Tars, um, you know, he's a guy who said last year on the record, "I want Michael Hooper's spot." Um, you know, That's and. Bold. It's a bold strategy, it's Cotton. A bold, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Big time. Um, you know, so but it's I mean he's playing good footy, isn't he? Like he's playing really good footy. Oh, he just, he's bloody good. Don't get me wrong. He like just can't at this level he carves up. Oh, hundred percent. He just can't mm. beat um he just no. can't beat his way into this Tars team. So no. he's 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 going really well for West Harbour. Um, you know, you're right, he's kind of playing a lone hand at that in that sense, I reckon. Yeah, he's putting in a lot of work. It was a cagey sort of a game. It was pretty even till late. Um, Hunter scored some cracking tries um, to ice it, and a lot of it was built on the back of a very good-looking scrum. Yeah, oh, big time, you know, and, and um, you know, Bubba Coleman up there, um, you know, he he builds his, builds his team around set-piece, doesn't he, really? Mm. Um, so, yeah, they, they've They've got a solid scrum up there. Um, they've got some, you know, they've recruited really well as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, Connor Winchester had a really good game at 10, just played on some nice tries late, and they've got some class sort of in those outside backs. So I think, mm. you know, if they build towards the season, it's, no, it's a, there's just no easy games in the comp. Now that two blues are firing, yeah. uh, West Harbour have shown their wares in, in a few games. They did beat the two blues and um, have had some, had, some, had some good wins. But... Um, yeah, it's just, just no respite. You know, if you think you're going to go up to Newcastle for an easy game, there's just there's just no way because oh. they're, monst- they're monsters too. Exactly. Look, that centre pairing of Nandura Talo and that Tui Tavaki as well. Tui Tavaki, yeah. But those guys are like, they're the Bash brothers. They are. I'm going to start calling them the, the Hunter Bash oh. brothers because they they um they can tear to shreds and they, they mm. use their size and their skill to tear to shreds. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That's, a good seg- that's a good segue into the next game because there's a Bash Brothers at Eastwood that are doing some serious damage, which is uh, Knox Muliufi and Committee to Yalangi, the centres for Eastwood, uh, <laughs> yeah. cut sick against the Rats. Eastwood 45, Ringer Neal at TG Milner, mate. 
that ground commentator, the great needler of all time, would have had an absolute field day from anyone that made the trip from Pitwater. Oh, too funny. Too funny. Yeah. And you're oh, right, man. they are Bash Brothers. And you know what? They just sit there and they feed the other Bash Brother, the triplet, Fabian oh, Goodall. Fabian Goodall. Like, geez, that three-quarter line is frightening. Yeah, and then and then you've got those. So you've got those three guys who are just enormous. It's like mm. playing against the Incredible Hulk. And then you've got Lachlan yep. Shelley, who is yep. lightning. How fast and, is and he? You've got Bell and Shelley, they're just the two difference makers with the pace and the creativity. And you've just got all these monster pawns around you. You just, just feed and create meters. And I tell you what, there's one guy in that back line as well who's a bit of an unsung hero, and that's Joshy Noonan at nine. Mm. So he, he, obviously, you've got all these um, weapons around you at, at your disposal. You've got, you know, Isley inside you at number eight, who played incredibly well on the weekend as well. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you have to make the right decision every time. And yeah. I, I feel like he does a lot of that. That work. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a real tradesman. Like he's a, just yep. a tradesman, number, number nine. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I've got to give him a bit of credit because he um, he certainly um, he makes the right decision more often than not. I reckon. Yeah, Woods Woods have like you know we know how successful a club they've been, but they've gone with this big player prototype big time, haven't they? The last yeah. five, they're just monsters. I just I don't know where they get them all, but the pack's massive, the backs are massive. Um, you know, and it works. I mean, I think, you know, they sort of started the season a little slow with a shock loss to Ramick, but since then they haven't looked back. And, um, yeah, I mean, on the other side of the coin, Ringer uh, obviously just weren't at the races. I just think it was just one of those days for the Rats. I don't know. I mean, a Manly fan will say, oh, you know, they just lost the Derby, the Marlins shocked them. I, I don't think it's that. I just think it was just maybe just a bit of a – Looked like they were a bit defeated before they went out in the field, to be honest, Swaney. Yeah, and and you know when you're conceding forty five, yeah, um, that's that's a hard day at the office, isn't it? The heads yeah. dropped. The heads dropped around. You could see after the well, first. Rory O'Connor didn't play. Uh, you know, uh, so when you when your scrum's going backwards, all of a sudden there's that lack of familiarity and the lack of confidence, and then you've got. Big boppers running out. You know, Seb Wallman, who's been one of the best outside centers in the competition for the last, you know, five years, uh, had his work cut out. You know, he was chasing after centers all day long and a performance that, you know, it wasn't entirely his fault. He was just on the back foot all day and it's a very difficult position to be uh, tackling those kind of guys on the back foot. It was just just one of those days you just got to live and learn, right? Yeah. There was a moment as well, I think when Lockie Shelley ran away for one of those tries where he's mm. left in his wake, Tyson Davis and Harry Jones, two guys yeah. who have got some serious gas. Yeah. And uh, he, he just left him in, in his wake. It was, yeah, mm. it was something else. But you're right. you got to have those days and you just put them behind you and look to the next week. Yeah, I'm sure the Rats will do that. Uh, Manly Oval, I was there, as you pointed out, Swaney. Uh, Marlins 34, defeating Northern Suburbs 32. Marlins handing Norse their second loss on the trot, which is unfamiliar territory for the Shawman. You've seen Casho, hasn't been able to come on tonight because he's just still so bloody devastated. This is a funny match. Um, 
Manly had all the territory and possession, you would say, early. Norse typically stifle them through some great work at the breakdown. They've got such good on-ballers, uh, you know, Jevons Fellows and the like, you know, just just annoying Manly. And Norse sort of jumped out to, I think, about 11-point lead. And then from then, like the Marlins have done the last three weeks, they just turned it on for about 35 minutes, piled on the points, Um what more can I say about Lange Gleason? Hat trick for him. Hat trick after man of the match performance against the Rats. Um, come to man the oval against the front runners in the competition. Scored three tries. Two tries, you know, a little bit close to the line. One try from twenty-two meters out, sort of step one and bolted in. But you know, we were talking about early season catch pole front runners. Uh, he would be right in the mix. Like he is. You know, we're very excited about him at Manly and we're just cherishing the days that he's with us. And I can see that uh, just saw the Waratahs team for this week and he's been drafted in. So, yeah. you know, th- thanks to DC for that because, you know, we're ta- <laughs> taking on Eastwood this weekend, you've just taken our best players. So, so what, about the, what about the draw for Manly the last few weeks? It's been it's been yeah, tough, hasn't it? So they've I know. Them. So if we, if, we, if we beat Eastwood this weekend, you can't say we haven't deserved our... Uh, I was going to call it the Ranfurly Shield there for a second. The Roden Cutler Shield, mate. Oh. You know, we've we've worked our socks off for it. Big time. You had Randwick yeah. and then uh, the Derby. Randwick, Rats, Norse, and now Eastwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so yeah, it's I think a- it's going to be it's going to be a tough ass for the boys um, to back up again. But I know they um, their training last night got called off due to flu. So uh, not oh, COVID, right. not the COVID variety, just the natural flu. So. They'll be um, they'll be doing it tough this weekend, but yeah, look, everyone at the peninsula, at the village rather, is just uh, very surprised. Uh, well, not I mean, we know the caliber of a coach that Phil is, but sort of a little bit surprised at how well the boys have been going. You know, I just think they've had such a good off season and they're really turning some heads, Sweeney. How did the player auction go after after the game? On it was Ladies' Day down at the village. Oh, right? mate, my days at the club after a match are, 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 are numbered these days. But I did get a good check on uh, Insta stories. It looked to be a, a gift mask. The Pulp Fiction <laughs> gift mask that. came out, mate. Yeah, yeah. I hopefully um, there's not. You know, there's usually a few complaints on those nights um, from our <laughs> great our great sponsors down there at the Manly Bowling Club it always test the uh, long-standing relationship. But, um, you know, hopefully they made up for it in bar money. But um, it was sure a great ladies' day. It looked day. like a big crowd at the Bowls Club afterwards. So Yeah. Um, I've got to talk about the scoreline, though. It was Manly 34, North 32. All I've talked about is Manly. I guess that's because Manly stopped playing for that last 20 minutes. And that's not... You know, Norse fans will go, shut, shut up, mate. You know, we got back into it. And they did. Manly really just sort of, I wouldn't say let them back into it, but they sort of did. I mean, Duffy scored two tries. The Marlins were sort of asleep. I think they, you know, they were up 34-16 with about 15 to go, and Norse piled on two quick tries. I think they they gave them more of a shot than they probably deserved, and I think the result went the right way, but um, I think Phil Blake will be filthy. The Marlins ended up leaking 32 points because they have had the best defensive record in the comp. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Maybe it's a good wake-up call. Yeah, uh, look, intense final moments of that game as well. To be able it to was. close, to be able to close the game out in that fashion, um, you know, that, that's probably where the silver lining comes in for Phil Blake, right? Like he's yeah. got a team. Yeah, you leaked thirty-two points, but you were yeah. able to close it out and win the game. 
Well, I think that's a squad. The squad's pretty thin, to be honest. I mean, there are a few injuries away from some really um, troublesome situations. So, but I think they're not alone. I think a lot of a lot of teams at the moment are, are facing that. And I, I think you're going to see some influx of players, whether from abroad or, or Super Rugby soon. So, at the moment, um, things looking well for the Marlins and Norse. Yeah, they're right back in the mix. If the Manly lose and Norse win this weekend, they'll go back to second or close yeah. to first. So there's nothing in this comp. Oh, nothing. It's so tight. Talking of tight games, uh, Gordon at home to Ramick went down. Uh, Gordon 17, Ramick 20. Oh, I was listening to this one uh, on Stan replay on Sunday. It's just lovely to hear the bagpipes are back at Chatswood. You know the Stags have been having some good seasons when the when the when the bagpipes are back uh, at Chatswood Oval, Swain. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's um, you know, that's that's uh, like, it's just iconic, isn't it? It's iconic. It is the, iconic uh, the, to to hear those bagpipes. But I'll tell mm. you what, they didn't. Um, you know, they, they they really. It was a game that really struggled to hit great heights, wasn't it? It was a shocking first half. Yeah, a bit like the yeah, um, yeah a bit I like. Found the, it, um, I found it a tough watch at times. Um, it was a tough watch. You know, I think Gordon are really struggling with a lot of changes and disruptions in their starting side. Uh, I've lost a lot of familiarity in the halves, having to move Reese McDonald around a lot, new nines and tens quite a bit. But, you know, um, Polo has been one of their better players the last couple of years. He put Jordy Goddard over for a try, who just come back from injury. Yeah, it's good, good to see him back. He's back in action and uh, sort of warmly welcome. But I'm really impressed with Dowling at Ramick. Um, Set up um, a lovely try late on for Ramit to give them the lead. It looked to be a serious injury late in this game, though, I think, which really sort of had a bit of a damper on the affairs. And I think that might have – I'm not sure how long a delay it was, but I suspect it was a good 20, 20 25 minutes. Well, there, I think there was a moment um, – I think the – because I think Randwick obviously being ahead at the time on the scoreboard with four and a half minutes to play were saying, well, let's just – call the game off and yeah. Gordon were saying, no, 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 we want to play this last four and a half minutes. And Mate, if Brian Melrose is on the on the walkie talk, I can tell you they he would have waited till four in the morning to finish that. Yeah, game. yeah. Well and and um I think it got to so the decision was made that if they couldn't resume by five thirty in the afternoon yeah. that they would um, call it. And I yeah. think they got the guy off the field, um, the player off the field at, at 5.26. Wow. So they were able long. to play that last four and a half minutes and it was, it was tight. Like there was mm. some, there was some, um, nervous moments if you're, if you're Benny McCormack and the Randwick guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, and then it was just Tom Nolan. I think he managed to turn over in the line out and that was the ball game. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a gritty, gritty win. Uh, you got to say, and you know, it was one for the purists, I reckon. Yeah, Ramick will be delighted that after a really tough loss to East last week. But um, I've been in those decisions when you get an injury late and want to do a serious one. <laughs> it does, you know, oh, oh, well done to sort of finishing the game. It's a, always a tricky one whether you call the match or not. <laughs> no coach wants to call it. No, they? that's not, right. Not at this level. It's a, it's a, it's an odd level to and and, of... and with you know. We're early in the season, but yeah. these are really these are really crucial points. Uh, they are crucial points. They yeah. are crucial points. Talking of crucial points, um, 
Southern Districts absolutely turned on the style um, to get a rare win for this year. But the way they played, um, I think, you know, they got Connor Young back, their front row and their scrum really down, laid down a platform. But moving Blaze Barn to 10 was uh, a catalyst for some sensational rugby swing. Oh, yeah. Look, how good was the, I think, their second try with a little chip over the top, oh, regather? Kagias has chipped. <laughs> so Kagias has come in at first receiver, chipped for, I think, Barnes. Uh, yeah, yeah, Barnes then in 10. And found Richmond, who had an absolute field day, the fullback for Southern Districts. Um, and that was just maybe arguably a, a specky for try of the season. Oh, big time. Like I was saying that uh, on Clubland um, today, it was it was one of the yeah, one of the tries of the season. Um, mm. and and it was it was just one of, you know, really some many really good moments for Southern Districts on the weekend. And and Todd Loudon would have been pretty happy with that, I reckon, given the sort of pretty poor start to the season that they've had. Mm. Um, to do that against Easts, who are a good side, and they're going to they're going to improve South. They'll get some Super Rugby players back. I, I would have thought, um, yeah, at the back end of the year. Um, and you know, there's there's um, a lot of guys who are probably new to the club that are just finding their feet. So, um, you know, six rounds in now, or five rounds in, um, that's the win that could kickstart their season. We know that Souths are the type of team that that um, you know, when they get a win, they'll get two because they're they're a confidence team, aren't they? I mean, they won thirty eight nineteen. They absolutely blitzed East early. I'm just reading it. Try conversion, try conversion, penalty, try conversion, try conversion. Before Eveson even laid on a point, they're up thirty odd points to zip. Yeah, to start the game. So it, they um they they were getting they were getting niggly too. Like they were getting under the skin of East as well. Mm. I think James Donato came on late and got red carded for. You should see it. It's the most outrageous shot I've, I've seen this year. He just mm. headhunts one of the South players. Mm. I think it was Kagiasis, actually. And, um, and One of my rare games in first grade was at Foreshaw against a Southern District side that were getting uh, really on top of the Marlins, and uh, it wasn't a nice place to be. I remember I was marking Jackson Mullane, who was on Gladiator. Oh, and, yeah, um, right. <laughs> I just wanted to dig a hole in the field and just just go home because all these people were yelling at me and I wasn't a very competent first grader. I was a second, third grader. And I just, it was a horrible experience at Foreshore Rugby Park. So when that place has got its tails up, they're hard people and it's nothing better than just getting the hell out of that place at times. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, the, the power <laughs> lines, they do something to you. They do, they do. But uh Look, that's a good win for South, and they've had a tough start to the year. And as you said, mate, it may well kickstart the year. And big shout out to Jake Douglas in his 150th grade game, scored a try, and Kagias has scored again. Yep, can't, guys, guys flying at the moment. He can't, he can't not score at the moment. He's I know for a guy who you know probably not the most conventional looking winger is he, but he can he can kick goals and he can score tries. Not for me to say because you know. I'm not much of a prize, but like he's put on a few, but yeah. he's still quick. He's still got balance. He's st- he's just one of those genetic freaks. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. He and you know he's built for it. He's built for first grade. Mm. 
Now, mate, we move into round six, and there's some really spicy encounters to come. East taking on the Rats, two desperate sides um, at Wollara. That's going to be a cracker, isn't it? Oh, big time. I'm oh, looking forward to that. At, at Wollara? At Wollara. Did you say? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, yep. you know, Beasties don't like, you know, they're always a hyped team pre-season, mm. aren't they? Um, well, it's, it's, it's moving time now, right? We've had five rounds. Mm. Um, you got your time to, you know, even if you're two and three, you can sort of, it's just time to move up the ledger for for a couple of these sides, isn't it? Get a bit of get a bit of consistency, and you mm. know the beasties haven't shown that yet. Um, but the bloody top eight's going to save the bacon of a few sides. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know that's that's the same with Super Rugby. Actually, like the top mm. eight thing is, you're right. It's going to save save some um, some face, mm. but you want to make that top eight, don't you? With Western Sydney playing so well at the moment. It's not. Yep. It's not as clear cut as it's not as clear cut as it, it has been in previous season. I reckon. No, that's right. Wicks taking on the Hunter, uh, West Harbour taking on Gordon. Uh, is that West Harbour or West? Oh, yeah, that is West Harbour taking on Gordon. Manly and Eastwood, top of the table clash. Wayne down at the Village Green. That should be a special. We spoke about it before. We this, did. This is a big one for Manly because. They've had such a hard run this last couple of weeks and mm. managed to get the the victory in you know, three consecutive wins, mm. uh, three consecutive really good wins uh, against these top sides. So Manly uh, would be top this week had Eastwood not put forty five on Moringa. I mean, we didn't expect <laughs> we, even if East won with bonus point, you know, something like thirty to ten, uh, Manly would be on top. But the fact they won forty five nil means they're on top and. 1v2, but it does bring back some nice memories of the uh, mid-2010s with Manly and Eastwood, two of the form sides in the competitions, Wayne. Yeah, 2015 grand final, Manly That's and right. Eastwood. That was uh, at, at Concord there. That was the first year, year that we did the Channel 7 uh, broadcast. And it That's was, right. It was, uh, yeah, there was that was a great battle. And uh, Yeah, let's not talk about it. For we don't much. want to talk about the ending, but uh, it was... No. A, it was you're right, like those two teams, um, you know, for years have, have brought it. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That'll be, well, that'll I, did, be I, did the, I did the sums last decade uh, on – we did a club champ uh, – a, a tally over the 10 years. Most games won 2010 to 2020 was Eastwood. Second was Manly. Third was Uni. So there you go. There you go. Shows you how strong those two clubs were over that period. Who were the rugby uh, nerds that had to sit and do that? Those men. Uh, Paul Cook uh, helped me out with that one, who's very good rugby nerd. He's um, a great rugby nerd. Yeah, great rugby nerd. So he had great stats on that um, and a lot of internet surfing. Um, two Blues taking on Southern Districts. That's spicy. Um, oh, yeah. Winnable, another and, winnable one for Silosi Tungy Tungy about, and it's at the Eric as well. At the Eric. Death Valley. It's back. It's back. It's back. It doesn't look like Death Valley. It's a, very luxurious Death Valley, but the Maccas, the, the Maccas still there. It's you know that's oh, always Maccas don't move, do they? No, nah, you're right. You're right. Real estate business. It's not um, like Blockbuster Video. They're not there anymore. But <laughs> no, there's always a market for Maccas. Oh, big top. Yeah, the, the Death Valley. You're right. That's mm. I love that. I love that. That's so good. And it's, two uh, yeah. two other uh, big teams from the last period. Norse taking on Uni at North Sydney Oval. Now that's a that's a great game, and uh, 
bit of no, I wouldn't say there's no, there's no desperation yet, but it's uh, a game that both sides are going to want to win. Certainly, North's not going to want to go three on the bounce. Well, that's right. After such a good start to the season for North, um, to to lose back, Cash will never come back on. Yeah, well, that's that's it. I, I do I do think he'll probably be there though at North Sydney Oval on. On Saturday, uh, this is one that he would have circled on the calendar and won't, wouldn't, oh, won't yeah. miss. So, yeah. uh, if you do it's want nice to be circled, shoot cast on the calendar. I was going to say, if you do want to um, stage an intervention, North Sydney Oval at Saturday at three pm might be the go. Yeah, no, sounds good. I won't be there. I'll be at the top of the table clash <laughs> at the Village Green. Of course, Just lovely you to see the Marlins back on uh, back up the sort of pointy end of the table. See how long we stay there for, mate. What's happening, Super Rugby this week, mate? Where are you? Uh, where are the Golden Tonsils this week? So Friday afternoon, we have a women's Test match. Australia are playing yeah. Fiji um, at SunCorp Stadium, and so. I'll be calling that one, and then just down the road from your house. Yeah, that's right. So I don't have to go too far, um, which is great. And then um, Reds are playing the Highlanders that evening at Suncorp Stadium, and then the following night we've got the Force v the Crusaders. But I've got a rare weekend where I get to sit and watch some club rugby. So I'll, um, I think I'll be heading down to uh, Shore Road, which is up here in Brisbane, um, to watch Norths play Brothers. I haven't been able to watch. The brethren play a mm. uh, regular season club game in a very mm. long time. Beautiful. All right, Swanee, thank you for uh, jumping on tonight, mate. Are we good to good to pump out a chat with the two of us? And Casho, well, he'll just have to, you know, just catch us next week. He'll have to cool his jets. Yeah. Thanks, mate. See you, mate.